0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to episode number 90 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peak bagger. I am a huge hiking nerd and every single week on this podcast I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. Now before I talk about this week's guest and this week's episode I need to just say I just got back two days ago from a thru-hike of the Northville Placid Trail with Flossie. Who most of you know at this point, and uh, it was a ripper. It was crazy. That's why there was no episode last week, or that. That's also why I haven't posted a YouTube video in almost two weeks now. At this point, Um, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it took took eight days, 140 miles, and I'll just say, stay tuned because I think next week's episode is going to be me and Flossie talking about that hike. So, anyways, that's what's been up with me. This week's guest is a man named Brian Bunting. He pretty much spends most of this episode talking about Canadian hiking trails, and I should I should specify Western Canadian hiking trails. Uh, this was a little bit uh, outside of my comfort zone, I'll say, because I barely know anything about like any of the trails we talked about, so if you live in Western Canada or even just on the west coast of the US and you want to go hike over there at some point if the border ever opens up again then uh, this is gonna be the episode for you. It was just cool to learn about a region of the world that I really don't know that much about and learn about the hiking over there. So it was a really, really good time. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We're gonna get into the episode in just a second. First, let me do my plugs. Do I sound congested right now? I don't feel congested, but I just woke up, so that's probably why. Uh, YouTube, go check out my YouTube channel, Kyle Hates Hiking on YouTube. The reason you should go do that is because even if you don't like my stupid clickbaity top ten whatever backpack bullshit videos, <laughs> um, I'm gonna be posting a full video of Flossie and I, Flossie and Eyes Northville Blasted Trail Through hike uh, as soon as I'm done editing it. I'm gonna start pretty much right after I'm done recording this. Um, so stay tuned for that. Instagram, Kyle hates hiking. Go follow me there as well. Send me a message. Send me an email. Trail Pod at gmail.com and don't forget to leave a five-star review for the show on whatever your podcast app is that would be amazing that really really helps the show and speaking of helping the show you can also do that by joining the trail tales patreon now look i know most people aren't going to do that i don't expect that of anybody uh, just tuning in week after week is more than enough um i i really really appreciate that but if you want to go the extra mile then yeah, patreon.com slash trailtails. You'll get some bonus content here and there. You'll get some stickers and you'll get a video chat monthly, usually, <laughs> um with me and a bunch of other hiking nerds. A, a zoom a zoom call if you will. And it's a lot of fun. I've kind of been slacking on that. I'm not gonna lie, the past month, but things have just been so busy preparing for and then executing this uh through hike of the NPT so uh, backpacking season is, season is pretty much over now, so um, I won't be slacking on Patreon code as much. So go check that out. That's a pretty bad pitch for the Patreon, isn't it? Telling people, oh yeah, go join this, but then also I've been slacking on it. But anyways, that's what we're going to do here. Screw it. The last pitch I need to make to you guys, the last thing I need to plug to you is the most important thing here. This is the episode's sponsor, CS Instant Coffee. Now, I'm not going to lie. I could not receive my coffee in time because I was too last minute in giving them my address uh for the NPT so CS sent me a bunch of instant coffee and I couldn't I couldn't drink it on the NPT and trust me I was wishing I could because it was cold this is a you're gonna find this out when you when you watch the video and hear the episode and stuff but this was a cold wet hike it was a rather uncomfortable for a lot of it if I'm just gonna be honest and having some nice, warm, delicious CS instant coffee would have been amazing. So if you have any more hikes planned this fall, you definitely need to get some CS instant coffee to throw in your food bag. I'm thinking I might just take some on a few day hikes. Maybe I got some fuel canisters left over too. So maybe I'll go do a short day hike and drink some coffee halfway through, I think that'd be awesome. Enjoy the fall colors up here in Vermont. So here's the deal with CS, each packet will make like two smaller, str- or weaker cups of coffee if you will. Um, that totally works because there's a decent amount of coffee in each packet. Or if you're crazy like me and you like a real strong cup of coffee in the morning, say it's your last day on the Northfield Placid Trail and you have to hike 25 miles in the freezing cold and wet terrain, uh, then you can do that. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that. If, if you can't tell, I'm a little bit bitter, but uh, I certainly would have if I could have, and I probably would have made things a lot easier. So yeah, csinstant.coffee, that's where you can go check them out. I say this every time I do an ad read for them, but I love that URL. I mean, come on, .coffee, that's freaking sick. csinstant.coffee. Coffee. I will have a affiliate link in the show notes of this episode. So if you buy the coffee through that link, I will receive a little bit of a kickback as well, which would be awesome supporting the show as well as getting some amazing coffee, but at least just go check them out. csinstant.coffee. go give them a follow on Instagram and all that good stuff as well. And I got to give them a, a huge, huge thank you for continuing to support trail tales for continuing to feed my caffeine addiction Uh, This stuff is way, way better than any instant coffee you're going to find in the grocery store. I can tell you that right now. So go check them out, csinstant.coffee. With that said, let's get into episode 90. Damn, I'm almost at 100. 10 more to go. Uh, Episode 90 with Ryan Bunting. All right, we're doing it for real this time. <laughs> the second time the Yeah, I had some technical difficulties as happens a lot on the show. Episode 90 of Trail Tales with uh Ryan Bunting. What's up, dude?
1: Hey man, doing good. Um yeah, finally trying to get this computer to work a little bit, right?
0: <laughs> we're good to go now. <laughs> knock on wood. Um no, I yeah. think I think we're good. We'll we'll make it work, dude. Um so yeah, why don't you introduce yourself again a second time and tell everybody um you are what you've hiked all that good stuff
1: it only gets better round two right that's right so you got some practice yeah so uh thanks for having me on um name's constantine been been hiking for about yeah five years now and yeah got reached out to kyle started talking with him about doing some stuff on the gdt vit um the vit stands for vancouver island trail and that just got designated june 2020 and our partner, my partner and I, we were able to be, I think it was the third or fourth people to successfully complete that through hike. But it had a lot of stuff that we were learning along the way too. I mean, it was, whew, I mean, each section was about 20 to 30 miles longer than any other previous section. Yeah, so I've been doing majority of my hikes in America and a lot of the long distance trails, a lot of the infrastructure is built around long distance hiking there. And as everybody knows, this year, plans had to change, so I had to change the plans as well, so we did more Canadian hikes. We did a lot of hikes that you didn't have to hitchhike to anywhere, you would walk directly into the town, and it was just a lot of stuff that we were trying to be as as least impactful as possible. Mm -hmm. And we found these trails that came up that you would literally, you would go there and you would go to maybe a campground that had just opened up. These Especially with the GDT, the way that's situated, the Great Divide Trail, a lot of that trail system, their towns were so small that there might be one place to stay or it might even be a campground. So, we limited all of our exposure and just wanted to stay within our bounds and we found some trail systems that were available to do.
0: Yeah, man. And I think it's cool because uh, a lot of, I think most of what we're going to talk about today is Canadian, like Western Canadian. Yeah hiking which i know very little about i i did an episode um with a great divide trail through hiker over a year ago as we discussed earlier um june i think it was late late june of 2019 Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna be honest i don't remember much from it so Mm -hmm. i apologize if anybody listened to that episode recently now they're listening to this i might ask some of the same questions but uh it's been a long time here so so bear with me Uh, but we're not just going to talk about that trail there's a couple other trails um that Const- Constantine has done. Got uh, it. Uh, yeah, that's a, I'm, it's one of those words, everybody. I have a weird time pronouncing that word. Con- <laughs> Constantine? All right, I'm starting to get it. Constantine, Constantine. Um, Constantine. Yeah, we're going to talk about some other trails that he's hiked as well Um, in Western Canada. uh, Some trails that I know literally nothing about. Like, I, I don't really know anything about the Great Divide Trail, but at least I have a little bit. Of stuff that might pop up in my mind just from that last episode of trail tales but these other two trails i'd never even heard of before um Mm -hmm. you know before you mentioned them to me which is good because one thing i like to do on this podcast as everybody knows is to educate people and myself for that matter on these lesser known trails i call them um because there's a lot more out there besides just the at and the pct um but you, 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 you said you grew up in America and stuff and you had done some hiking here as well. Um, just real quick, what have you done just to kind of recap uh, here in the States as far as hiking?
1: So in the States, um, I started getting into this through hiking type of lifestyle because that's really what it feels like it's turned into back in 2016. And from there it was 80 Appalachian trail. I mean, that's the go-to and I love that trail as my first experience going back to it I mean September 30th 2016 was when I summited Katahdin and I'm just being very a lot of remembrances going on right now as that date gets closer so yeah AT was the first trail Um, PCT was the second trail 2017 which was just a crazy, crazy experience I mean Sierras were brutal wildfires were brutal it was just a lot a lot of detours so PCT 17 CDT 2018 and then from there it was the Pinhoti trail then it was the PNT 2019 and the PNT was an amazing experience I one of my f- favorite trails if people have not experienced that trail it is like if you took the CDT and I would say the PCT and they had like a brain baby I mean it was <laughs> it was amazing it That's was awesome I, yeah, know, like, I,
0: I know very little about that trail too. We could probably do a whole episode just on that, honestly.
1: Oh, The PNT, it is one that my partner and I, we're both big hikers and we love this life. And it's kind of both, we both did it last year and we both already want to go back to it. I mean, it is just so remote and you're literally going straight up a mountain ridge and then straight down and you have road walks in between, but you actually grow to enjoy the road walks because of just how brutal straight up and straight down the ascents and descents are so um, it was a really really fun trail so after the pnt i went on to do the iat which is the ice age trail and i was just looking for a time filler because um, the crew that i had hiked with on the pnt we wanted to go do some desert hiking in the fall and i wanted a trail that would last about a month and something i could do so i went off to the ice age trail which Dude, is uh, you've 1200- done a
0: lot of these lesser known trails i love it
1: yeah, man. Yeah. So the ice age trail, it was, it's about 1200 miles in Wisconsin. And I think I was able to set a self support, self supported speed record on that. I'm not positive. Oh, nice. I'm really bad about registering for stuff, but I did it in 37 days, which the average came to like right below 40s a day. But I took a lot of, I took, I think it was four or five Neros or Zeros just to let my body get back up. But. After the PNT transitioning to a super flat trail, like, the pace was just so fast that it was almost impossible not to do 40 miles a day because...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? <I think laughs> you're a savage, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the PNT just broke us down so quickly that, I mean, you were just climbing and descending the entire time. And I'm yeah. a short person. I'm about about 5'10 on a good day. I, I oh, think d- that's not a... short.
0: That's not short. I'm five ten dude. Don't <laughs> no, don't say don't say we're short, bro. We're average. We're average.
1: I think we've got to live in some real realism here, man. I think we're both yeah somewhat. Well, on a good day, are you five ten or on a bad day?
0: That's what my license says. That's all I
1: know. Okay, okay. So you're five ten, but yeah. So <laughs> you know about the struggle of five ten hikers that the legs aren't super long, so the stride you got to move a little little quicker than the people above six foot. So. Um, yeah, my legs had just gotten used to that. So, ran out the IAT in 37 days and then we went directly from there about 3 days later we did the AZT, the Arizona Trail. <laughs> Dude,
0: <And> holy <laughs> shit, you're just hopping <laughs> on trails left and right.
1: Oh, uh, 2019 was a crazy year. I how, mean How old are you? I'm 26.
0: Okay, so you're 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 not that much older than me. You're you're young. Your your body's good for it still.
1: Oh man, it's it's starting to talk back to me though. I mean <laughs> That's it's a lot of hiking, man.
0: That's a lot of... How many miles between 2019 and 2020?
1: Um, 2019 and this year?
0: Yeah, yeah. Combined.
1: I think close to 6,000. Damn, um, dude. I, Good I for you. I would have to do the Good for math. you. But yeah, the body's keeping the toll, man. I mean, ever since the IAT, I've had this lower back right... In the right lower back, it has just brutalized me. I mean, I'll wake up like an old man and I make a lot <laughs> of old man noises, but... That's for my hiking partners to deal with. They can talk about that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so AZT, we went out and got that done. And that brought us into November. Yeah, November of 2019. And then from there, had to go back to work and just grinded out some work for about six, seven months and then got into the year 2020. And this year started off with the Natchez Trace Trail, um, which is about a 444 mile Let's just be realistic. It's it's pretty much a road walk in Mississippi, Alabama and Georgia. I mean,
0: <laughs> you just walked you just walked 400 <laughs> miles on the roads in in, in, Dude, the, in I, the deep south.
1: <laughs> I was not prepared. I mean, I was prepared for how much road walk it was, but then once you're out there, you're not really prepared. It was just there were little segments about 2 miles long every 50 miles that you could go back in and do some hiking on trails. But a lot of those segments had also just de- dealt with a tornado and a high weather system that had moved through. So, every time I got a reprieve from the road, I went to a bushwhack. it <laughs> Was, was this... it,
0: did you like it? That sounds like kind of shitty. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> I liked it because I got to push the body and the mind a little bit Um because a lot of these trails, as you know, you're, you're a big hiker too. A lot of the trails are more mental than physical a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, so... Yeah. I'd been dealing with a lot um of worry about, because this was back in May, um, and my partner's from Canada, so I was dealing with a lot of worry about being able to get back into Canada yeah. and being able to spend the summer together. We had a lot of plans. I mean, this year moved a lot of those plans forward faster than we had assumed, <laughs> but um yeah, so I was dealing with a lot of worry, and the way I deal with worry is push out some miles, so... I was able to do the Natchez Trace in 14 days with two smaller days in there. But that was – there was one day I did a 41, and then a lot of them were mid-30s. Um And then there was a 10-miler because it just rained on me, and I didn't want to do anything. But that was a full road walk. Um And I dealt oh – man, so the second day, I woke up on the Natchez Trace, and I had started off in ultras. That had been from the previous hiking season. And I had also thought my body was going to be in shape for what I wanted to go do. And my muscles were, but my feet weren't. So, I got out there and within the second day, I woke up in my tent and I thought I had broken my right foot. It was terrible. I mean, the pain that I had to limp for the first 15 miles was just excruciating. I mean, I've never really... When doing these trails, a lot of the time, it's just not even having the thought of, quote unquote, quit. But that is like the first instance that I've ever been on a trail system and being like, I might have to quit. Like, not I want to quit, but it's I might have to because I really thought I had somehow, I mean, stress fracture or something broken my right foot. And for the next 13 days, every single morning from about 5 a.m. to 1 p.m., the pain was just every single step excruciating it was it was one of the most and that's what pushed my mental game a lot too is it was one of the it was a roadwalk, but it was also one of the hardest trails i've ever done it was flat it was a road walk but just every single step being pure agony was just
0: yeah man. it, it
1: literally almost broke me man
0: well shit i'm glad you're still able to do it dude um, yeah. I didn't realize how many freaking trails you hiked. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, that's that's so crazy. Um, when did you do the Great Divide Trail again? I knew it was this year, so, but like when when was it?
1: Yeah. So we started the Great Divide Trail super early because we thought we were very optimistic, hoping that this summer would turn out into a little something that it didn't turn out to. Yeah. But yeah. We started super early, um, June twelfth, and we finished July eighteenth. Gotcha. We, we were shooting when we first started that trail we did want to set a speed record on that trail as well and we quickly came to realize that on the GDT there is absolutely zero pace setting you do not ever know how many miles you're going to do that day <laughs> like Dude, ever. um
0: real quick can you just uh, remind everybody what that trail is exactly i kind of brushed over that i probably should ask you that question first oh
1: yeah yeah so the yeah the GDT um it's called the Great Divide Trail and it's about 700 miles and it starts down at the Canadian U.S. border in Waterton Lakes, Alberta. So if you do, have done the CDT before, a lot of people, well, not a lot, but there have been people that will connect the CDT to the GDT because So it's right over
0: do. by Glacier there, yeah.
1: Yeah. So cool. if you're, if you want to, like, a lot of people on the PCT will go into Manning Park. But on the CDT, if you want to complete your hike in Canada, you would walk into Waterton Lakes. Um, but, that's where the GDT begins, at that terminus of the CDT, in fact. So, where the terminus is for the CDT is the same exact southern terminus for the GDT. So, it starts there, and then you go northbound about 640 miles to Coqua Lake, which is the northern terminus, and then from coqua Lake, if you're going northbound, you have about 60 to 70 more miles of, quote-unquote, road walking to, to get out of the wilderness, <laughs>
0: But it's not really a roadwalk, as you were mentioning before, uh, before yeah. we started recording, or maybe it was on the other recording that ended up being scratched. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> but um, you can you can go ahead and say that stuff for the second or third time for for everybody's yeah. uh, listening pleasure.
1: Yeah. So the roadwalk out of the GDT actually turned into one of our most dangerous moments um, on the GDT. Oh shit! So, so um, about I think it's about ten miles from Aqua Lake is a creek called Buchanan Creek and we had I think I should have I probably should have touched on this we had done the GDT and kind of record snow and record flooding through a lot of these areas so every single creek and river crossing or ford was exponentially higher and more dangerous so we got to Buchanan Creek after 10 miles of kind of broken out gravel pavement not pavement gravel road and and we get there and there used to be a bridge, but it had been washed out a few years back. So we're scoping out this river about how to cross it. And there's just no way around swimming it and swimming rapids. Like it is moving very quick. Damn. Yeah. And the, the place that we decided to cross, if you don't hit this one log that is sticking out into the water, you're going to go for a ride in the rapids. That is not going to be a pleasant experience. It's, it was really, really dangerous, but there's no way around it. This was the last thing that held us between us and civilization, pretty much. So we get there at 6 or 7. Um, we'd been getting poured on all day, so we were already wet. What's what's one more swim. Um, but we get there, and we plan to hit this tree and pull ourselves up the tree onto the bank of the river. And usually I go first in the river fords, But my partner, they were kind of just done with the day. They, they wanted to get to camp. So they go and they, the place that they, we were shooting for, they actually hit the very tail end of the tree, which is like a very skinny part and they grabbed it. But where the tail end of the tree was situated, it was thicker in the rapids. So they were getting hit more by more water pressure, um, quicker water. And so it felt like five minutes. I was standing on the other bank. But it must have been 5 to 10 seconds. And our plan was to pull ourselves up the log. And I was kind of curious why they weren't pulling themselves up yet. And then they mouthed the word help at me. So I had to run it. Yeah. (laughs) I had to, without, because we had picked a route. So I had to run into the water and just hope the rapids would bring me close to them. Because their grip was loosening and they were not going to be able to get out of this jam themselves. So... I hit the log where we had originally planned um, after riding some rapids for a little bit. And where I landed, it was enough that I held onto the log and the water kind of funneled around me and created an air pocket for them to get unstuck after still having to pull and fight this uh current for a long time. So we get to the other side and that was just, yeah, that was just one of the many, many river crossings on the GDT. But that was like the last kind of, Hey, I hope you remember me from the trail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I recall, um, like I said, I, I I don't remember very much from my other episode. Uh I think it was number thirty five. What did we we looked it up right before we started recording. I can't remember. Uh thirty three, mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, with Jake Pickering. Yeah. Um I don't remember much from that episode, but I do remember him talking a lot about how I feel like I remember him saying it was like a lot of bushwhacking on that trail, like a lot of bushwhacking. Ooh. Is that is that true? Am I thinking of the right thing?
1: That is a very accurate statement. Can you talk <laughs> about that a little bit? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, bushwhacking is going to be a norm if you do the GDT, um, but it is, it's is—it's every day you're going to do it. Depending on the time of year you do it, you will have less because some of that bushwhacking is actually kind of exposed ridge walking and okay. you're doing... Okay. You're, yeah, you're doing very high alpine travel a lot of the time. So, if there was not a lot of snow on the ground when we went through, it would be easier to pick your way through. But it, You guys if went you pretty st- early, yeah? Yeah. So, we did not have any – so, we did not get out of the snow and – no, we never got out of the snow. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was – I mean, the first day on trail, we got out of Waterton – because you had to get national park permits and they weren't open yet so we weren't able to get it so we had to push our first day out of the park and we camped the first night out of the park and the second day um, we're both used to high high mileage days especially on these harder trails we try to get hover anywhere between 30s to 35s second day we did seven miles
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's it, a lot different than 40 bro <laughs>
1: yeah it's a little bit different um it took us all day um the just ridge line coming out of waterton was just so brutal with snow travel and like steeply steep steep ups i mean at one point i was climbing what in my head was like a triple black diamond with no micros had my ice axe in my hand but i looked down and i'm just standing on a snow wall just hiking up it Mm -hmm. about go about 500 more feet up that and then we'll level it out a little bit it was the snow year we went in was just incredibly incredibly brutal i mean we were traveling through a lot of avalanche zones the first first two weeks especially within that waterton lakes national park area um there were a lot a lot of cornices that we were not exactly comfortable crossing but there was no way to do it besides that Mm -hmm um so for recommendations for starting it start it a little later in the season and not in a high snow year because that was that's,
0: literally going to be my next question bro you just i'm just going to turn my <laughs> mic off you can you can take it from here
1: <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry man um, oh no, no
0: no don't don't be sorry it's a good thing you're you're uh you're ahead of the game i was gonna yeah that's exactly what i was gonna ask is like what would be like a recommended time of year to hike this trail
1: um i mean I would say late June would be kind of the earliest you want to start. Okay. okay. Um, you could start mid-June, but it would have to be a lower snow year.
0: What's like the ideal start date, you would say? Or, or not exact date, but just ideal uh, hiking time for this trail?
1: I would say July 1st, Canada Day. Celebrate Canada Day <laughs> out on <laughs> hey, the trail. Hey, there you go.
0: Could you start <laughs> yeah. it later too? Could you start it in like August still? Or would you be pushing it, like pushing snow, you know, um, on the other end at that
1: point? You would have to push some miles. Um, if you held a pace down, you could start it in beginning of August. I wouldn't want to be there at Kakwa any later than September 15th. Gotcha. Um, it's not too cold a lot of the time because if you're going to be hiking in that summer, you're going to be getting the sunshine. But what happened a lot with us is we just had consistent rain. So we had, I think between the two of us, we had about... 10 bouts of hypothermia, like extreme oh, Jesus hypothermia. Jesus Christ, dude.
0: That's not good at all, man. <laughs> Holy no. shit.
1: I think some of the brain cells might have died this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, can you talk about the, uh, the permits a little bit? So, that's another thing I remember from my conversation with Jake is I, rem- I don't remember exactly what he said, hence why I'm asking the question, but I just remember him mentioning that the permits were a pain yeah. in the ass on this trail. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So, the permits, um, you're going to need permits coming out of field. Um, when you're going into the national parks, so the way the national parks are situated, since the GDT keeps you on the border of British Columbia and Alberta, you kind of wiggle between national park and provincial park. So with the national parks, you do need backcountry permits. And we went out there June 12th, kind of not knowing if we we're going to be able to continue because officially the national parks in Canada did not open up permit systems until June 24th. But we were on crown land all of those previous about 10 to 12 days. So we had a Garmin inReach and we were in communication. We kind of designated uh, my partner's parents as kind of the base camp to reach out in case we weren't in a town that we could get the permits ourselves. So we were out of the town of... No, it wasn't a town. It was out of the campsite of Bolden Creek Trading Post. And it was June 24th. Permits had just opened up. So, we texted from the Garmin inReach and we the conversation kind of followed in between making sure we chose which permits we wanted and we were able to have a park ranger kind of know what we were doing and uh, my partner's parents were able to get us the necessary permits. We did it on a very, very fast pace. So, if you look at the way the trail is situated... You can try to shoot to go for as little permits as possible, and that is what we did. So we only needed six permits. But you can also hike the trail, and you might need twenty permits because it I feel just. like wiggled. that's what I
0: remember from his from his episode. Like I, I remember it was something stupid like that. I like couldn't believe it because I was like, "How can you even like you don't know like what your pace is going to be oh, yeah. for that many like days in a row?" Like so that that shit's crazy. But you guys were just ripping, so
1: <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, you can. Like, yeah, like I said, it wiggles so much in between these kind of imaginary lines. Well, not imaginary, but lines for the national parks and provincial parks that if you did smaller mile days, you need more permits. If you do big mm-hmm. mile days, you need less. And it's not just if you do bigger miles. Like we had to get a full spreadsheet and kind of look at how we avoid, like how we get to the least amount of permits because we knew it was going to be this type of year. Permits might get increased. Permits might not even come out. So we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants until we knew for a fact we had those permits and we can continue hiking. Yeah, and that was that was actually a really good blessing that we were able to actually get it done.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, were you guys prepared to just call it if, you, if the permits just didn't work out or if COVID stuff got yeah, crazier?
1: We, yeah, we would have had to. I mean, um, we didn't want to do anything the communities weren't comfortable with right. as well as we don't want to hike in a place that needs a permit and we don't have a permit. Right, so. right. Yeah, we that would have been, had to. That
0: would have been kind of disheartening, but I mean, there's a lot of people that yeah. had a lot of disheartening stuff happen on the trail this year. So, um, yeah, we're,
1: yeah.
0: It is what it is. Let's see. Um, I gotta, dude. I gotta ask you about grizzly bears. There's grizzly bears <laughs> over there. So, uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. How did you deal with that? <laughs> what oh, are, were you were you nervous about them or on you know just and obviously you've hiked in other areas that have them too so. Um, just talk about that a little bit because I'd like to hike the CDT someday, and that's going to mm-hmm. require me hiking decent amount of miles in grizzly country, and oh, yeah. I am from Vermont, and I am not used to that. So that's that's something I always pe- – people might be sick of hearing me ask about it at this point. Um, not that it's been brought up that many times, but I feel like anytime I talk to a hiker that's hiked extensively in grizzly country, I always got to ask him about this. So um, take, take that question where you will because it was more of a, a statement than a question. But yeah, grizzly bears –
1: Okay grizzly bears um I still have yet to wrestle one that is kind of my ongoing <laughs> It's goal. probably a good thing <laughs> That's the ongoing joke within uh my hiking cruise but No grizzly bears for the most part They were actually We actually had a few days that we called Their prince in the snow trail magic because they know very well The easiest route up a mountain and a lot of the time there was absolutely no trail So we would just follow the grizzly tracks and, <laughs>
0: What? Damn that's crazy
1: so, yeah, the grizzly tracks would go up the mountain um, and you see them get onto a pass and then you're like, okay, I'll probably pick a different way down. But for the most part, it's grizzlies. I mean, we ran into a few, but they just kind of look at you and run away, the ones we ran into at least. Um, a lot of the time, if you're not surprising them or if they don't have their cubs with them, at least in my mind, I'm not too worried about it. We had our bear spray. Um, we were- see,
0: okay, so you did. That's That's a big question, I guess, is if you carried bear spray it sounds like you did yeah
1: yeah i'm i don't want to put it out there that people shouldn't be afraid of bears because they're a big creature but it's kind of like if unless you get extremely unlucky a lot of the time they don't want anything to do with you right Um, right so it's good to have it for that unlucky situation that it might be one in a million but it's just also very good to know where you are and a lot of the times in these areas, when you're really, really deep in the wilderness, once again, it's personal opinion, but you can kind of feel when there's something off in the woods. Have you ever had that?
0: I have got the, I, I've had the feeling, but I've never actually seen the thing that I was, was thought was off. You know, um, that happened yeah. to me just a couple weekends ago. I, not the same thing as a grizzly bear at all, but um, I just saw a lot of fresh moose shit and some fresh, very fresh moose tracks. And mm-hmm. I got that feeling. I was like, bro, there's something here, but I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see the moose, unfortunately. <laughs> or yeah, fortunately. So, so, I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the feeling I'm talking about.
0: Oh yeah. I'm sure I'm sure most people listening do too, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of feel when something's off so I mean you just be more aware at that point. Um we cooked away from camp. Uh well we ran out of food a lot of the time too, but but so <laughs> we didn't have to worry about cooking sometimes. But but yeah, you just
0: it's... ran out of food. <laughs> all right, all right well, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take away from the Grizzly thing. But I just had to say, <laughs> you're just running out of food. You Just throw it out there. You're so casual. Oh yeah, you know, just ran yeah. out of food again.
1: <laughs> we were both pretty emaciated by the end of that one. Um, but yeah, the Grizzlies. I mean, you just do the proper kind of etiquette of the backcountry. Um, leave no trace. Just cook away from your camp spot. Um, kind of use a bear bag, and a lot of the time you're not gonna have to worry about them.
0: Most of the time, hopefully, yeah. Well, most shit. Of, hopefully, let's uh, let's talk about food then resupply. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm sure I asked Jake about this because I asked pretty much everyone this when I talk about these lesser Down trails. But um, how does the uh, resupply work on this trail in general? Is it a lot of mail drops? Is it mostly towns? A mix? Like, how long are the carries? Can you just talk about the uh, resupply situation?
1: Yeah. So we did it once again to have as minimal impact as possible. So there are more options than what we did. So, like, you can go into the town of Banff, but we didn't hitchhike into there because we didn't want to hitch this year. Um, But so the first resupply town was the town of Coleman, about 80 miles. And you can buy from a corner store there. I would recommend sending a mailbox there um, unless you're comfortable with junk food. It's not really that great. After that, you have to send a box to Bolton Creek Trading Post, which is a campground as well. Make sure that you get a reservation there because we had a very, very nice man and woman that felt our pain when we rolled in there. Oh. But they did not want us to camp there. It's not a walk-in campground, so reserve before you go there. But you can send a box there, and they're super happy about that. Um After that, it is the town of Field. Once again, send a box there. We did, and we were very happy we did because... The trading post, it's just a little trading post again and there's not much there, Um, kind of muffins. You can get away with it, it's just not comfortable. And then from field to Saskatchewan River was uh, another emergency kind of Nero day for us. We had hypothermia again, so we weren't planning on stopping there, but we had to. You can get away with resupplying there and that's about, in between field, that was about 60 miles. But we wanted to do field to Jasper, which is about 160 miles in between the resupply point, and that's very doable. And then from Jasper to the end, that is going to be a 200-mile-plus resupply to get out of Coqua Lakes Provincial Park. that's a Park.
0: long, that's a long food carry.
1: Yes. Um. So it is 180 miles to the official terminus about, to Coqua Lakes, and then you have that extra change on that's the road i might i might be adding the numbers wrong it might have been 180 miles with the road damn it's some it's somewhere within there that's but it, that's
0: crazy that that's like that's a that's another level dude that's a level beyond me i don't i've oh that'd be that that'd be a tough resupply that'd be that'd be i don't even think i could fit that many freaking days of food i guess i guess you you just have to do big mile days to do a stretch that long yeah like you just, yeah. like, I mean, how many how many days did you do it in that 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 stretch?
1: It took us ten because we had four out of those ten days that we had to emergency camp because of hypothermia.
0: Okay, all right, fucking hypothermia. <laughs> you keep you keep bringing this up. Okay, so what the fuck? Why why did you guys keep getting hypothermia? Jesus,
1: so Christ. we just had a very very rough year. Um, it just rained on us, record rain levels all the time. So when you're just consistently wet in a very, very remote wilderness section, and then add in river crossings, multiple, multiple river crossings every day, you just never get dry. And then we were getting caught in a lot of inversions in the valleys. So when you thought you would be getting warmer in a valley, we would get caught in an inversion where the cold weather would come and settle. And then once you get out of that valley, you're going straight back up to a peak that's 8,000 feet. So you're just always, always frozen cold. And it was just brutal. I mean, there were a lot of days that we would have to call about 12 to 15 miles because our mind and our bodies were just shutting down. The worst one was on a misque Pass that as we were cresting a misque Pass after like the third river crossing, that I was starting to cross the Kind of snow melts in the snow fields, and they were feeling warm to me. And Ooh. it it had been a fight with the cold like all day, and my thoughts were not moving. And my hiking partner was talking to me, and I thought I was responding at a certain point, but it was like five minute intervals that I was responding in. So when we finally called camp, I threw down my pack, and my pack was in the tent, bo- uh, the tent was in the bottom of my pack. So we had to set up in the rain, and it took me five minutes again to unbuckle one buckle because my muscles wouldn't respond to what I was trying to do, and that was that was the worst one. But there were a lot of varying degrees of hypothermia on that trail. Mm-hmm.
0: Bro, that's just reckless. Like, <laughs> I, I hate to say, it, but that's just reckless, man. Um it, can't,
1: it couldn't be avoided. I mean, we we talked it through. We did an after trip report. So the way the worst one coming out of Mis- a misque. So we knew it was going to rain, but the forecast for that rain was in fact that it was going to be warmer than it was. And we did not know how thick the bushwhack was going to be. So the bushwhack coming in out of field and going up to a misque pass is literally you're fording a creek. The trail is pretty much a creek and it's just you're getting car washed by fresh water off the plants the entire time too. So it's just you can never get dry. So I mean, there was besides. Doing two days in field zero in, which now that we look back at it, we should have. There was no avoiding that one.
0: Um, what What should you do if you feel hypothermia coming on?
1: I would say um, if you feel it coming on before you get to the confusion level, find a safe place to camp. Um, get Get warm, get dry if you can. But a lot of circumstances build into that. You need to do what makes you feel comfortable we were getting close to the point that we would have, uh, if we couldn't have gotten out of that bushwhack, we probably would have needed to hit the emergency rescue button on our inReach.
0: Jesus Christ. What is with this trail and people? Because the, the Jake Pickering, he, that's that's what happened to him. He he had to hit the, the thing on his spot device as well. I don't, it wasn't because of hypothermia. I think he got, I think he had a, an allergic reaction to like, bees or some shit like that Ooh. but um still damn that's the only time that's ever been brought up on this episode and then then you you are saying that you almost <laughs> had to do the same thing on the same trail damn
1: yeah so we coined it the triple b beautifully brutal baby um it was just beautiful it was brutal and it made us babies that time um <laughs> it, it was an intense trail and a lot of factors aligned this year to make it more intense with the rate the consistent rain Like, if you would have done that bushwhack out of field in a regular day, it would just suck. You've done bushwhacks. You know they suck sometimes. Mm -hmm.
0: Damn, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy. I've never, like, I've never been that far into hypothermia, but I've definitely had, like, the beginning stages set in before. Um, Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I was always able to just, uh, honestly, I don't even think I was backpacking for most of them, so, like, I was fine. But uh, it's not a great feeling. It's not a great feeling um yeah, especially as a, at all <laughs> especially as i'm like preparing to go on this hike uh in the cold weather and it's not gonna be shouldn't be that bad but um
1: we could are you gonna be going weather. through a lot of snow
0: no no snow no snow no. i no, hope okay. not i hope it'd be <laughs> <I> very <hope. laughs> very uncommon for for snow to happen in a you know the last week of september first week of october up here but i guess it is theoretically possible but no nothing yeah. like nothing like what you're talking about absolutely not nowhere <laughs> close um Dude, let's uh let's talk about some of these other trails here. Um you're gonna have to come back on sometime because I have a feeling that we could literally do like many yeah. episodes based off of <laughs> yeah, based off of sure. first of all, you're 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 a good guest because you talk a lot and you you don't <laughs> stick to the question and you just go. That's exactly what I like. And also you've just done so much stuff here. Do um, I not trail. ramble too much? No, you're perfect. It's perfect, dude. That's that's yeah. you're a podcast guest stream. Trust me. I've done a lot of these <laughs> Um, let's talk about the C2 Sky Trail. I've never heard of this before. What the hell is yep. it? Where is it? All that info.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, can I touch on the, real quick, the GDT? Um, just one, one comment sure, sure. and then move on. Um, I don't want to dissuade people from doing it because it's an absolutely beautiful trail. Just this year, like I was saying, there was a lot of factors that added into it. Being yeah being dangerous um yeah. record record floods record rain record snow if you do it in the right time and you plan for it it can be a awesome experience
0: good stuff i think darwin on the trail was going to hike that until covid messed that plan up i feel like i remember him saying that so hopefully he'll yeah. do that in the future and that will get some more exposure for that trail too i
1: yeah. think that'd be i'm cool. actually oh i, I want to get off the gdt no but you're good man you're good I, <laughs> I'm meeting with the board of the GDT September 28th um, because they're wanting to f- hear about how they can do different things. So, there's a vote in for the board and I'm hoping to be able to get on the board. They recommended me for a board position and help shape some of that permit system and shape some of the more dangerous sections into still beautiful, just a little less bushwhacky.
0: Yeah, that'd probably be, probably be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well dude, I hope oh, yeah. uh I hope you're able to help there. That'd be that'd be that'd be great for everybody. Yeah. Um yeah, okay, so C 2 Sky Trail. I wanna get I wanna just touch on these these two trails before we uh before we wrap it up here. So we got we got like twenty minutes left. Um Sea to Sky okay. Trail. What is this trail? I've never heard of it. I don't know a single thing about it.
1: Yeah. So the Sea to Sky Trail, it's about a hundred and twenty miles long. It starts down in the town of Squamish. So if you know the Vancouver area.
0: I don't know anything about Vancouver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Squamish. So,
0: I see it on Google Maps right here, though. That's a funny name for a town, Squamish. It is
1: an interesting name. It's a. It's actually a lot of this trail goes through tribal lands, so a lot of it um, has to route itself around either easements or around tribal lands. So, Squamish is actually a tribal name. I don't want to talk too much on the name itself because I'm not positive of how it got named, but so I don't want to step on any toes there, but... Yes, Squamish is where it starts, and then it goes for about 40 to 50 miles, kind of tucking in with kind of logging roads and kind of mountain hikes, and it does a lot of ski slope hiking in there too, and then you have to walk highway for a little bit, then it gets towards Whistler, and you kind of tool around Whistler, and then go up into the Whistler Mountains, and then you cut back down to the highway, and then from the end of Whistler... To the town of Darcy, it's another 50 miles of roadwalk interspersed with kind of bits and pieces of trail, like two, three miles here. Like they're trying to build more trail from Whistler northbound to Darcy, but they're just having a lot of pushback right now. So they've been trying to build it, but from Squamish to Whistler, it is almost purely trail, which okay, is cool. at least half of it. And then it intersperses trail and road for the second half.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And the road walking—is it actual like paved roads that are getting a lot of traffic, or is it just um, or a lot of traffic for up there, uh, or or is it like dirt roads, like Forest Service style, uh, you know, road walking?
1: So from Whistler to the town of Pemberton, it is the Sea to Sky Highway. Um, that's why they named the trail. It is busy, busy road, um, but some of those shoulders are a little less why then you would prefer. But after Pemberton to Darcy, where it ends, it is pretty much a dead zone with road. It's still a paved road, but not many people travel that corridor. So Gotcha. You can kind of I mean within Pemberton to Darcy, I saw ten cars or something.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Where where did you get like your trail info for this hike? Like um is there like a guidebook published or um, um so like of- any sort of app or anything like that?
1: So, kind of all over the place, I just went to Google, kind of typed in "see the Sky Trail in, in Google, and it brought me to um, the land management, and they had some GPX files in there. Okay. I forget. They have a full website devoted to it, but the last time it was updated was 2012.
0: Oh, Jesus!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they have some GPX files in there that I found were not ground truth, so I just had to... The signs on the ground are better than their web presence. So That's you can,
0: interesting. I feel like it's usually the other way around these days. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yes. Huh. Um, so so the, can, the GPX files were like a little bit off then, you said?
1: Yeah. So the GPX files were off until outside of Whistler um, because they had done a lot of work in these past couple of years. It's just their trail signs on the ground were new. But they hadn't updated it in the website. So well, there shit, might be a did better. Did you
0: track it? You could have, you could have updated the GPX files, bro. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah. So I was planning on a... <laughs>
0: 2020. <laughs>
1: no. So I was planning on a yo-yo for a speed record, but I got caught in all that smoke from Cali. Oh, jeez. Um, so I was trying to conserve my battery and I wanted to GPX it on the way back. But by the time I got to Pemberton and into Darcy, like I was choking on the smoke pretty much. But So, you like just
0: did this trail, yeah?
1: Yeah, about a week ago, Damn, days ago. Oh,
0: I got you recently. That's cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, I was able to run that trail out. I would have been able to yo-yo it, but I had a buddy, um, I had service at once I came through Pemberton and I called and I told him, hey, can you check the air quality around here? And it was like, very unhealthy i mean i could taste it but i wanted to see if i could push through and yeah it it just wasn't worth it i i I completed the through hike northbound but i didn't complete the yo-yo
0: gotcha gotcha oh well you can always you can always go back did you is this the one you said you might have gotten the fkt for too
1: i think so um i'm really bad at really bad (laughs) at officially (laughs) recognizing them um i did it in 52 hours and 55 minutes um about 120 miles so I started at 11am one day then I hiked all the next day and then I finished that next day at I think it was 3. I have it on my video somewhere um but yeah it was 52 hours and 55 minutes.
0: Damn dude that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Well done. Dude I'm looking it- on Google Maps right now um just like near Darcy I think it is you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, this looks so beautiful this is like a different it's like a different country for me honestly like it's or not a different country uh obviously it is literally a different country uh different planet is what i meant to say there um it's like oh dude i'm i'd love to hike out here someday that's that's so awesome
1: man I'm, a lot I'm different
0: a... than charleston eh
1: <laughs> yeah i'm just getting ingrained into it too and i'm looking at some peaks right now that i want to go bag. and the weather hasn't been great for it because of all that smoke and we've been on trails this entire summer but it's going to be some pretty awesome peak bagging. Once that border opens up, man, come get some miles out here.
0: Dude, I'd love to. Um, let's talk about this other one, this uh Vancouver Island Trail. Another one I have never heard of before, but you said this one is pretty damn long, a little bit yep. longer than the Sea to Sky. So, can you talk about mm-hmm. that trail a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, the Vancouver Island Trail just got officially designated a trail June 2020. Um So, a few months ago. And We once we got off the GDT, we had plans to go do the PCT. I I think you did too.
0: Uh, not this year. Uh, no. But I'd like to. I've definitely said a bunch of times that I just like want to do it. So that's probably where you got that from.
1: We have both done the PCT Nobo, and we wanted to do it sobo this year, but it seemed like a lot of people wanted to do the PCT this year. But once again, everything got kind of thrown for
0: a loop. It all got fucked up.
1: So we got off the GDT, and we still wanted to hike. We still had some miles in our feet, and we were looking at long-distance trails in Canada. And the way it's situated right now, Canada doesn't have many. So, they have the Bruce Trail out in Ontario. But we wanted to limit inter travel because of the current situation. Um, so, we wanted to stay in our province. So, we looked at Vancouver Island and we knew there were smaller trails there, like the West Coast Trail, um, the North Coast Trail. So, we had the idea to create a route around the perimeter of the island and within that research we found this little website kind of tucked in there called the vancouver island trail and they must have went through a rebranding because at one point they were called the vancouver island spine trail but we found that you could hike from victoria which is the southernmost point of the island to the northernmost point and go through some awesome mountains um. So we got into that, the research there, and it looked to be about 420 miles, and it ended up being 620. So a little discrepancy. <laughs>
0: a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: So every section turned to be 20 to 30 miles longer than their current map systems were as of August 2020. They how is we it were... that
0: far off? That's crazy.
1: So. They have a lot of great – they have a lot of potential. Like, it's a beautiful trail. But the way they drew their GPX lines on their map systems is they literally just picked a straight line. Oh, and if, gotcha. Yeah. And if you know how to read topos, like, as we, as we were getting there, we're like, there's absolutely no way we can go over there. It's cliffs on all sides. So, so they so,
0: didn't – so, it's not like a footpath already. They just basically chose a route and kind of made that the trail, yeah?
1: Um, it's just, it fluctuates so much. So there's, out of that 600 miles, I would say about 300 of it is trail. Um, maybe a little more. And then you have about 200 miles of dirt road walk at logging, logging roads. And then you have another hundred miles of bushwhack, like a lot of bushwhack, (laughs) like an unnecessary amount of bushwhack. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, the way it's situated right now is they have to get a lot of easements from logging companies since logging companies are a huge presence on Vancouver Island. Sure. And that is where a lot of their map systems are getting pulled from. Uh. So, they have proposed to the logging company, like, to route the trail in these mountains, but they don't have yet the correct permits to do it. So... They have the route planned, it's just not feasible for some areas yet. But then, also some areas, they just hadn't uploaded their GPX files and it was just straight lines of death, pretty much. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of potential. A lot of potential.
0: Damn, bro, you gotta go hike it again and update the GPX.
1: So, we did start... It's just not a and I know it's yo-yo-yo. way easier.
0: So I'm, just, I'm just kind of fucking with you, but...
1: <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I mean, I had planned on yo-yoing that trail too. So, I kept rationalizing myself. Oh, oh I'll just do on it on the way back. Yeah. On the way back. So, we got near the end of it and it had started to get cold and it had started... The weather started shifting and it took us way longer than we thought because it was 200 miles longer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. the time window wasn't there anymore and I, wa- I wanted to GPX it, but we got bits and pieces. And we've been in communication with the trail association. We're actually going to be writing an article for the director of operations to put in his winter newsletter because he wants to have more date information and they're doing a great job. I mean, they have a lot, a lot of presence around there. It's just, it's such a new trail system that it needs yeah. feet on the ground. And it that's, just a, needs... that's
0: a lot of miles too. That's a lot of yeah. miles to be responsible or not be responsible for, but to, you know, kind of link together. So, it, it yeah. makes sense it makes sense and that's really cool that you guys were uh not dissuaded by the fact that it's so new and we're like screw it you know we're gonna give it a try and yeah. i'm I'm also looking at on google maps right now just on random spots on vancouver island dude so sick this this oh. is, i i need to get over there like this, is, <laughs> this is absolutely gorgeous stuff unbelievable
1: so you're you're used to a lot of out east hiking right
0: that's all i'm used to man <laughs> that's all i've pretty much ever done
1: so, if you took the Beaufort Range in Vancouver Island and you mixed it. So, no. If you took the White Range in New Hampshire that Ooh. the AT goes through. Yeah,
0: because,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's kind of your playground, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, if you took that range and put oceans on both sides of it, that would be the Beaufort Range.
0: That's that's so sick, honestly. Oh, this one's... I'm just looking at some pictures. It's like a random like, little cabin just in the middle of nowhere, just mountains and lakes everywhere oh that's so sick i we didn't I run to... into that
1: cabin we we must have been in a bushwhack down a cliff somewhere
0: <laughs> i just like it's just like a random uh what do they call them it's just like the little uh what are, i forget the name when you like drag the little guy out onto google maps and you can like drop in places and it'll like show you oh, street, street
1: view. view
0: it's like street view but then they also have them that are not on the street like people will take 360 photos and oh. then you can uh and then so little pro tip little google map pro tip uh you can if you click the little guy in the right-hand corner, uh, Street View images. I guess that's what it, that's what it says here. Um, you know, it'll have the Street View like the actual roads, but then they'll also just be little circles all over the place, just in the middle of nowhere that you can click up. Anyways, I love Google Maps way too much. I could go down that rabbit hole, dude. Um, story time, end of the episode. So I have a confession, everybody. I I really blew this one. I did not give Ryan very much heads up at all uh, for for story time. Um so, my bad dude, but it sounds like uh you have plenty of stories, so um hopefully you can come up with one uh, actually no you'd said you 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 had an idea didn't you
1: yeah, I mean something popped in my head um and so, so sorry about all the stories man i didn't oh no that's just... that's
0: good though that's that dude it's it <laughs> it's called trail tales bro it 's called trail tales that 's what it's about that's what i it's mean about. i just
1: i just ramble on <laughs> sorry sorry man um but yeah, do you want me to do a little trail story?
0: Let's do it. Let's do okay, it.
1: Uh, yeah, so this one comes from the CDT and I thought I was going to cowboy camp all of Colorado or all of the CDT and I quickly learned different, but I was cowboy camping with some buddies up on, forget okay, what the top of this mountain was, but it was really, really high alpine, Um, not much around us besides the mountain and it's about 2 or 3 a.m. and... <laughs> I wake up to something licking my face and I reach out my hand like it's pitch black and I reach out my hand and the only thing I can think it is because it was small and furry enough to not be a marmot there's nothing else up there in those mountains besides baby bears and baby mountain lions so I'm pretty sure (laughs) I was getting taste tested for either a baby bear or baby mountain lion and oh
0: Christ oh dude
1: I couldn't go back to sleep man I sat up in my sleeping bag and the two buddies I was hiking with at the time, they were both ex-military, and we started talking. I'm like, hey, you guys awake? And they're like, oh, we've been awake for 15 minutes, man. Something didn't feel right in camp. I'm like, you could have waked me. me <laughs> up. I'm the only one out here cowboy camping. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, so, that's crazy. So yeah, that, that was – I didn't like being a taste test for an animal on top no, of that's a pretty,
0: mountain. No, <laughs> that's pretty freaking terrifying, dude. That's never happened yeah. to me before. And oh. I doubt it ever will because animals just don't seem to, right before I leave on this hike, I probably shouldn't say this, but animals just, I don't know. I i, I never see bears. I never see huh. moose. I mean, a couple times, but for the amount of miles I hiked, like I feel like my bear per mile ratio is way lower than everybody else, it seemed like, on the AT. Uh, but that's probably a good thing. I don't know why I'm complaining about it. We,
1: we got to get you out west, man.
0: I know. I know. I'll probably... the. the I will say, rat- snakes, rattlesnakes, like me. I saw a lot of <laughs> rattlesnakes and just all sorts of snakes. But, um, anyways, dude, I would love to get out west. I, I, I want to very soon. We'll see what happens with this crazy country um, Ooh, yeah. over the next few months. But, anyways, um, I think we're gonna kind of end it there, man. Yo, thank you so much for bearing with me with those technical difficulties earlier. I'll um, oh, we'll have to you. get you back on because. I say we like anybody else is running this besides me. I guess Rose is. Well, she's editing. But um, anyways, yeah, dude, I will have to have you back on um, because you've done so much stuff. Um, I, I think I said this in the first, uh, the lost iteration of this episode, the first two minutes we recorded and then had to start over. But mm-hmm. um, I was like pretty unprepared for this. I feel like I have things are crazy in my life right now and getting ready for this hike and stuff. And just I feel like I didn't quite do as much homework as I normally like to do. And so I didn't really know what to expect going into this um I didn't realize that you had done I mean I knew you're an experienced hiker obviously but I didn't know that you had done like this much stuff so you're uh, <laughs> you're you're definitely one of the most experienced people to come on the show dude which is which is really really cool so thank you man I really appreciate it
1: Dude, I really appreciate you, man. Um, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts while walking through the woods, and it's made some miles easier for me, man. And thank you for thank you for having me.
0: Good deal. I'll take credit for all your forty mile days. Then. Um, with that said,
1: <laughs> take it.
0: <laughs> with that said, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, thanks to CS Instant Coffee, and uh, that's gonna do it. Have a good one, everybody.